Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the podcast. Very excited to be here. And we have a special guest, Dan DeSano. Oh, I was like having trouble <laughs> with, uh, with pronouncing your name. Dan DeSano, another YPO that I met through the network. Very excited for you to be here. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Gene. I'm excited to be here as well. Yes. Well, let's jump in. Usually, the first question I ask our guests is, you know, we want to get some context for our audiences. So tell us about your background. Sure. So my background, Gene, is I'm a technology entrepreneur, uh, MBA from MIT Sloan, grew up in Boston. I now live in New York. Spent years in consulting, Charles River in Boston, then Booz Allen, New York. Then I went into venture capital for four years. And while I was there, I co-founded a company called HQ. There was an old bank in Silicon Valley called Hembrick & Quest. We bought HQ.com from them, and we created the world's largest co-working company. This is prior to WeWork. And people think of co-working as a real estate play, but we made all of our money on technology. So broadband connectivity, telecom, desktop publishing, video conferencing, and the like. Then we sold it to Regis. So have you ever heard of Regis, R-E-G-U-S? They're publicly traded London Stock Exchange. At the time when we sold them, we sold our firm we were, we were about half of Regis. So we were the same size globally. Uh, we were doing, I don't know, 600 million in 26 countries. Then I joined this little company called Access Point and built it up to where it is today. Access Point is a software development firm that has three divisions. Access Point, which does custom software development service for hire. T2 Computing that does production media and managed services. So helps media companies produce their content. And Rightbox, R-Y-T-E, capital B-O-X. That is a rights management royalty processing SaaS platform that we just launched. It's our own IP. Awesome. So yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned about the the well, what the equivalent of WeWork was and how you made all your money in the technology. It's always I was listening to a podcast recently about like the gold rush, and it was like, it wasn't the people who went to the gold rush that made all the money. It was the people that that sold all the shovels and all of the supplies <laughs> that made all the money. So right. it's funny. You're like, it's not actually about the real estate. It's about like all of the connectivity. That's True. how you. That's that's where you make all your money. Uh, awesome. Thank you for the background. Tell us a little bit about Access Point. So so I'll go in. We got our start. The company was founded in '94, incorporated in '96. So we've been around for a long time. We got our start with David Bowie. Uh, he created a, David Bowie was well ahead of his time, Gene. And he created a company called Ultrastar in New York. Ultrastar, the purpose was to create a social network connecting musicians and fans. This is before Facebook. And he knew how to market it. By the way, Ultrastar is now part of Live Nation. But he didn't know how to build the technology. So we did that for him. And it wasn't just building, we built a number of band sites at the time, from davidbowie.com to the Irish tenors and Hanson 
and culminating with, we built the rollingstones.com. But it's not just building a website. We had to build a ticketing system because when the Stones toured in Hong Kong or Tokyo, at the time, Ticketmaster couldn't fulfill the tickets. We fulfilled the tickets. We had to build the equivalent of American Express Centurion Platinum or Gold to do VIP experiences because they didn't exist. So that really put us on the map in music. And then the majors came calling. So then we started doing work for EMI, which is now Sony EMI. Then we started doing work for Warner Music. Then it led to other music companies. And then it led to other entertainment, media, and sports companies. So that's Access Point's background, is building that custom software. T2 Computing we bought in 2017. That came out of the original TechServe. We still own the brand TechServe. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. If you search it, you'll see it everywhere. It's on Sex in the City. It's on the History Channel. It's on American Pickers. It was the first Apple store in the history of Apple. And they learned the business there. It's It was iconic in New York City. It was sort of the combination of a Starbucks and an Apple store. But the store had shut down, but they had a B2B services arm that helped media companies produce content. And we do that today. And in the central theme across all three of our divisions is we're one of the top technology companies in the, in the content space. If you go to our website, you'd see central to content. And we do managed services at T2. So we help manage the production environments that we architect. And then Rightbox, again, R-Y-T-E, capital B-O-X, all one word, is a rights management royalty processing SaaS platform. In music, we built the rights and royalty system for two of the three majors. So four years ago, we embarked on building it for the world. It's it's all RIP, uh, uh, it's all the latest technologies, and we recently launched big fanfare, and we're solving a major problem in that space. And that's actually a good good segue. So, what is the major problem that you're solving? So, I'll talk about Rightbox first, since I just mentioned it. Yeah. So, in music. With the advent of streaming, the data grew exponentially. So think about this, Gene. Historically, if you sold an album, that was one line of royalty data. So if you bought vinyl, for instance, or even if you bought a song on iTunes when iTunes existed, that was one line of royalty data. Today, every time a song is streamed or every time it's played on Peloton or the Mirror, it is a line of royalty data. So the data literally went like this. All the systems in music couldn't handle that data flow. So it's taking music companies literally three weeks to do a royalty run. Artists and songwriters are not getting paid accurately or timely. On average, it takes an artist, Gene, if you wrote a hit song and it got streamed in Munich, on average, 18 months later, you would get paid. Oh my gosh. That's like net 18 months. Imagine if you're like a service company. Or never. Or never. (laughs) Music is a strange industry. It has something called a black box. There's two and a half billion dollars today in suspense. What does that mean? Every minute of every day, a company will put dollars in escrow. So say you were YouTube and you didn't know who owned the rights to the use case of this song and this video. You know you owe someone money, so you have to set money aside to eventually pay them. And our software... uh, it solves the problem of running the business, right? It's it's a SaaS platform that allows any music company to run businesses end-to-end from contracts to catalog and rights management to aggregating revenue to paying out royalties. But 
it also in essence helps you go and and get money that you should be that you should have and our motto is the artist must get paid you know we want to do everything in our power and you'll you hear snoop dogg and others talk about this often how artists are not being paid appropriately timely accurately you name it and with our mission our goal is to have accurate payments very timely so we're working on all of that that's what rightbox does on the software side i'll say this why do you invest in custom software well one is when there's not off the shelf software that meets 70 plus percent of your needs right but you really do it for one of two reasons either you want to innovate you want to disrupt a market in other words you want to grow revenue or you want to automate you know you want to gain efficiency in other words you want to reduce cost so what we do at access point is we build technology that solves a complex business problem. We never build technology for technology's sake. And you mentioned that earlier. That is like a fatal flaw when people just chase the shiny penny. I mean, you don't want to just build technology to because it's a sexy technology. You want to build it if there's a real use case for it from a business perspective. Absolutely. And sounds like the, the first company that you mentioned, is it Bitebox? Right box. Right, right box. Sorry, with the R, right box. That is such a complex problem. I mean, and it's, you know, I mean, it's layers and layers and layers upon layers of data. So have you been integrating this with AI to make this more efficient and, and productive? And how has that changed the company of right box? The great point. We're actually looking to implement AI right now in four ways. Everybody always thinks about AI first as like chatbot, right? Like do something that that is oriented there. But for us, we're incorporating AI in reporting because if you use like a chat GPT force or just like an open AI platform, you know, Gene, it's open, right? And you can't really do that when you have like, you know, contractual terms and, and splits and things that shouldn't be for public consumption. So we're actually looking at creating a layer from kind of open AI to sort of this natural language layer where we can query, but it's not into the public. And it's pretty interesting technology. And we're in the middle of, we're building that now. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. Because we talk a lot about AI on this podcast. And so uh, how, how do you think that's going to change the industry? Like how... Is it just going to be faster that, that that artists are going to get paid faster? Or what do you think will be the, the big changes with AI? I think you'll be able to make business decisions much faster. Okay. You'll be able to see, you'll be able to notice issues much faster. In other words, say you're doing reporting and all of a sudden you see that there's a dip in, I mean, if you're, if you have the rights to Pete Townsend's eminence front and you all of a sudden see a dip, or you could see a trend that you normally wouldn't see through regular reporting. And I think to be able to sort of interpret certain things, it's going to be important to make better decisions. So in essence, the artists will get paid and then the music companies will get paid as well, right? It's, it's all, it can all be one kind of big, happy family. AI for access points, we're thinking about creating an AI practice. Because we do software development, digital transformation, we're getting asked now by companies what should our AI strategy be internally, right? So, because we're their technology consultant. And so now we're thinking about offering this as a practice area. 
where, you know, we can go into companies, give, you know, give proper consulting advice. And then we do the development work if there's development to be done. So that's what Access Point's looking at now. We don't have a full-blown AI practice yet, but we are getting a lot of those questions. Wow. I mean, I just, I'm so like fascinated by the conversations around AI and how that's going to change the industry. And what if, what if we're looking out a little bit more further out, let's say five to 10 years, what do you think is going to, how is AI and its capabilities and, you know, growth and capabilities of AI, is that going to change the industry or, or your, or the business? You know, I think it's going to change several things. There also has to be guardrails, as I'm sure you know, Gene. So it is an, in, I think a lot's going to happen in the next few years in thinking it through. In other words, where is AI properly used? Where is it not properly used? You know, just like in education, as you know, even professors right now are trying to think through how do we, you know, there, there's software now to, to see if something's AI generated, right? And then, and people are, students are cheating or is that cheating? Or, you know, it's, there's going to be a lot of different areas where AI will become up for debate. Uh, if we can use it properly in technology to solve a business problem, that's where I see the most, the most sense for how we play in it. Because again, what's our core, Access Point's core, is building technology that solves a business problem, right? So using AI, just like we've done it, we've used blockchain in the past, right? We don't use blockchain just for blockchain's sake, but if it solves a particular problem, and it makes sense, then we do that. So I would say, I think AI has a bright future. Uh, it could be dangerous if improperly used. So there have to be guardrails. And we should look to incorporate when it makes sense to incorporate from a bit, I'm just talking about the business world, not consumer for a moment, but from a business perspective, if it's if it's solving a business problem to advance you know, the business in, in an ethical, moral way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be just even, even just a simple thing of solving the problem of getting artists paid faster. Right. I mean, right. if that could be a solution that I think AI can probably help with managing all of that data. And I'm assuming you're using blockchain for all of those entries every time there's a. Oh, you know, what's interesting when we first started building Rightbox, we did our proof of concept utilizing blockchain. We used a permissioned blockchain because you can't, again, you can't just be on a public chain. So we did that initially. Then uh, we, when we went to build it for, you know, build an enterprise version, uh, we couldn't really use blockchain because it did, couldn't do everything we really needed to do. So we didn't want, again, we're not using it just for the sake because it's called blockchain. Down the road where we can use blockchain is because today where Rightbox goes is we go all the way to you know producing statements. We tie into your general ledger. It doesn't matter what ERP system you're using, whether it's Oracle, SAP, Microsoft Dynamics, QuickBooks, we don't care. But down the road, if we help further with payment processing, we could use blockchain for that. So we always keep in mind where technologies make the most sense to implement. Earlier, a little bit earlier, you mentioned guardrails. It's such an interesting I think also a good concept to discuss, right? It's not, yes, AI can be always used for the for the greater good, but then there's always things where, I think there's things now that we're kind of not maybe thinking about. I was listening to a podcast, I don't know, about a few months ago, and they were talking about, like, imagine you 
were building the atomic bomb like in 1940, right? And you didn't really think about all the ramifications of that's going to happen, you know, 20, 30, 50, 70 years later down the line. And so they kind of gave that as an example of like, what, you know, what could happen 70 years down the line? You know, we didn't think that person, at least people who were building it, didn't really think about it, right? Because they would be gone by that time, but the world will still be there. It's the same thing with AI. People could could use AI for, to create, you know, news reports that are false to try to, you know, they could use it for nefarious ways. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, but people could do that today on social media, right? There are other things, you know, it's just, much faster, it's very, quicker to do it using AI. <laughs> true, true. So I'm just saying we haven't thought through. We don't know all the ways it could be used in yeah. a hurtful way. We just have to be careful. We have to be human beings and we have to think things through. So it's not you and I, Gina, going to come up with all the answers, but the collective community, when an issue arises, should attack it and, and solve it. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, in this podcast, we try to solve all of the big world problems. I don't know if you get there, you know. <laughs> this is what we do here. and talk about AI and how we solve all the world problems and how we can get make sure AI doesn't, you know, bleed through the, into the nefarious uh, yep. realm. Uh, so it's just, yeah, it's kind of, we haven't really, I think, thought about it. So it's so new. And, I, you know, I think at this point, AI is, it's more, to me, it seems like it's just more like faster productivity, you know, like being able to process data better, you know, where it's, it's a faster process, but we haven't really gotten to like the the really, you know, big, I think, what we envision kind of as AI, like robots or sentient beings walking around, yeah, yeah. Without, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, it's true. Still very early days, I think, but it's good to think about these things because, you know, in, in the near future, there might be AI that actually you know, has has much more thought process to itself is and a lot more intelligent than that than we give it. Well that that's that's why credit. it's also even be even beyond AI, a lot of people focus on IA, like intelligent automation, which includes AI and it and includes, you know, business process management. It includes, you know, RPA. Like there are there are different things that around automating processes and data. And so people are Tend, tend to be looking a little more broadly to say, you know, what are ways that we can, like you said, increase data throughput, better reporting, better management decisions, automate processes. And that whole uh, kind of segment of technology is really important right now. Oh, yeah, that is a big piece. Uh, I think all, all of us are looking at that now, right? How can we be more productive? How can we look at data? How can yep. we organize all this massive amounts of data that we have and, and make actually some insights out of it and not just like, or, you know, not just like have the data be completely nebulous and like chaotic. And what's in store with what's in store for Access Point coming up? Like, what are you guys working on besides the AI thing and the blockchain thing? But what's uh, what's interesting? Well, Access Point itself, the 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 software development firm, we're launching some new practice areas. Again, the entire firm is very strong in the content space. So media, entertainment, music, sports. And we're looking at some very interesting projects around doing some neat digital transformations. T2 Computing, our production media and managed services company, is just launching Praise, production as a service. Media companies tend to be more antiquated so they're doing things more on-prem today. And it's not, it's not 
easy to think about uh, creating, say, TV and film outside of a studio. People think you go to studio. Praise is production as a service. We put together sort of our secret sauce along with, along with cloud offering, media asset management. So we're doing kind of asset management in, in the media space, like we're, we're managing video and we're putting that all together in a, a cloud offering with our services wrapped. And we're just going to market now. We're talking to our first five customers. It's very exciting time. And, and there's nothing really like it in the media space. So this is a big thing for us. And, and we have a lot of experience there. I mean, during COVID, one of the first things we did is we took this off-the-shelf software that very few people were using. We again applied some secret sauce and we allowed editors to do remote editing. And that, you know, we had major media companies telling us that we saved them, like producing major films while not being in studio. So this is sort of a, an advancement of that concept. And on the right box side, we launched, we're bringing in great customers. Uh, and right now on the right box side, we're doing a, we're adding some additional modules. Rightbox does everything from manager contracts to manager catalog and your rights. It does matching. So if you're Beyonce and you don't know your name is Beyonce with a hyphen, Beyonce without one, you go by Beyonce Knowles. If you go by Mrs. Carter, if you go by any of those pseudonyms and you don't, you don't know that, it's not captured, you lose millions of dollars. So we have a whole matching system. Then we aggregate revenue globally, all the data, we process it, and then we pay out the royalties. And down the road, we're adding new features and functionality. So it's very exciting on the right box front. Awesome. That's, that's the, the other thing I'll just add, Gene, we just launched, we signed with an SPV, specialty purpose vehicle to fund. It's not a SPAC, we're not going public, but it's a fund, it's a pre-IPO fund. And we just launched a raise. So we're excited about that. And we're, um, we're in growth mode. That's you know, that's great because a lot of companies I talk to not not always in growth mode these days, just because it's such a big, the economy has been a bit of a challenge. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about what is production as a service? So what does that look like? So so where you could produce content, where every anywhere, anytime, any place. So versus just being in studio. Uh, and so it's an extension of the studio in a way, and it's a way to have cloud offerings that are accessible to your team. So think of it that way. We put together quite an offering and we just launched it. And so it's like, if I wanted to create a movie or a yes. TV show or TV something show, like that. A movie, a podcast, or it doesn't matter what you're trying to create. You could do that remotely. And you could track your your media. Media asset management is like think of think of capturing all your video and tagging that video. And say say if you were you know ultimate fighting and there was a certain country that doesn't allow to see blood on TV, you could actually tag the scenes with blood and it'll 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 stream the video without any of the blood scenes. Things of that nature, right? that now in a cloud offering in a cloud setting versus you know solely being on prem right well that really i feel like 
changes things so right it's going to be such a cost savings right yeah you don't have to bring all of your entire crew and all your actors to go into a studio and spend all that money where you can do that much more easily sounds like production as a service it's a cost savings but it's also a uh, it really provides uh pre and post production companies the the tools to actually get you know their content made efficiently right. so it's it's really something that that helps editors it helps pre and post production uh, workers so it's it's such that it's it's a help for the company and their team that's awesome well this has been a great conversation and i've learned so much about <laughs> this industry which i didn't know before so thank you so much for enlightening me and i love always learning new things and how technology is is able to help that so uh Last question is, how can our audience get in touch with you or your organizations? So if anybody wants to get in touch with me from your audience team, the best way to do is just email me. It's dan.desano, so D-A-N dot D-I-S is in Sam, A-N-O, at access point, A-X-I-S, P-O-I-N-T dot com. So just email me if anyone wants to get in touch. I uh, would love to chat with you. And uh, Gene, this has been great. And thanks for hosting me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it.